No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast using adult language. Consider yourself warned. Guts No Galaxy Macworld Podcast number 14. My name is Phil and I'll be your host tonight. It is February 3rd, 2012. Alright guys, just a little heads up. Uh, we uh, we had technical issues and had to reshoot. Uh, so tonight we've got a we've got our special guest back and we've also got another uh, guest as well. But you want to kick off the shout outs tonight, Darren? Yeah, this is uh, Darren, a.k.a. Bombadil. I want to give a shout-out to my family. And uh, tonight I also want to take the time to give a special shout-out to our international friends. Um, these are the top ten countries that are, have been visiting our website this last month. So I want to say hi to Canada, Australia, Germany, Finland, Netherlands, Portugal, Russia, United Kingdom, Japan, and New Zealand. Thanks for listening, guys. Awesome. Brandon, who you got tonight? Uh, hello, my name is Brandon, also known by Catrick uh, Hell. And tonight I want to give my shout out to Ironhawk and the rest of the crew over at Atlas Hunters. Uh, just because of that awesome Centurion paint job and modifications they did. And all the repaints they've been pushing out there. They're pretty awesome. You guys should check it out. Yeah, it's freaking awesome, I think, is more appropriate. And uh, my shout out is going to be to all the Centurion lovers out there. FD has basically created sex with a shield. And... Uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's really any other... Let's move along. So we're going to move to the NGNG news. Uh, anything and everything about NGNG. Uh, Darren, you want to you wanna do this one for us? Yeah, um, let's see. Tonight we've got... Uh, I'm, I'll, I'll repeat again. Uh, our new site is live, so if you haven't checked out our website in a while, make sure you stop on by and check out our new layout. Again, thank you, Adam, for doing such a wonderful job on that. Uh, also, uh, some of you may have noticed, if not, check it out. we got a PayPal donations button on the right side of the website. Um, just so you know, this is going to pay for things like uh, the cost of running our TeamSpeak 3 server, hosting. Um, we're doing some marketing now to try and get some more people aware of the podcasts and the games that are coming out. Uh, equipment and also uh, some giveaways that we're going to try and work out for you guys, for the listeners. So, you know, if you can donate a dollar, donate a uh, ten, hundred, whatever you can afford. If you can't, don't worry about it. Uh, the next thing is there are more contests to be uh, coming soon. So make sure you check out our Facebook page, check out our website, and uh, look for those. We just uh, we're just about to wrap up uh, one of the contests. It's been pretty fun. We'd like to see more people entering those. Um, the next point is a reminder that uh, you guys that want to start units already have a unit going for MWO or MWL um, or anything Battletech MechWarrior related. You're welcome to get a spot on uh, our NG, NG TS3 server, um, which has been recently upgraded so that we can hold more of you. Uh, so check that out on our website. You can get the contact info or the, the, the TeamSpeak uh, server info on our website. And I will hook you up quickly. Yes. PK will set you up. Um, 
Also, what we're going to be doing from this point on is uh, recording our podcast in front of a live audience on TeamSpeak 3. So uh, that's usually every Wednesday evening um, Eastern time. Uh, it could vary a little bit, so you'll want to check with us to see what time. But, uh, you know, if you want to be a part of it, you can sit in the room. You can uh, chat with us while we're doing the show uh, through text chat. And uh, it was, it's been a really fun experience, so we hope to see more of you there. Yeah, we actually had what I think it, it topped out around 30 actually uh, this Wednesday when we originally recorded this, and we had to we had to upgrade our server, our TS3 server, to make sure that you know more people could get on. So it was pretty awesome hitting you know over 75 people on the the TS server. So keep yeah, it up. That was Join. Great fun. The masses migrate this way. Do it now. Yes, I agree. <laughs> um, yes. Next thing is we are going to be starting something that I think is going to be really cool, and I know you too, uh, PK. Um, we're going to be starting the NGNG Book of the Month. Um, basically, for those of you that don't know, there is a huge uh, collection of Battletech books um, that are really good. I've, you know, I read them when I was younger. I've been rereading them over the last couple years, and. Uh, since we're going to do this, I guess I'm going to start again from the beginning, so it'll be my third time for a lot of these books. Um, so we're going to start this month with uh, the first book in the series, Decision at Thunder Rift. Um, we will have a link on our website, that, uh, if you don't have it, uh, that, where you can find it. Otherwise, ask around. Maybe somebody can get you a copy, something like that. Follow along with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, every week we'll talk a little bit about what we enjoyed in the book, some, you know, what stood out to us, whatever. We're not going to put a ton of time into it, but um, we will have some fun with that. And then the last thing is we are looking for another intern. Um, we need some help with internet marketing. So uh, if you have some basic HTML skills, uh, FTP, and you know a pretty likable personality please contact darren uh on the no guts no galaxy site and uh, we can set up to talk and see if you have what it takes thank you that's pretty much it on the news today all right guys we got a pretty cool segment here and uh a lot of guys have actually started to uh know our special guest he's been hanging around in dark alleys and corners and stuff like that and his name is Nick, and Nick, uh, welcome again. Uh, thank you for taking the time again. You know, it's it's like almost 11 p.m. Eastern, so uh, appreciate you being here. And first off, uh, you want to give just a quick breakdown of who you are and well, why Nick is semi, you know, important to uh, you know the BattleTech community. Uh, well, first and uh, thanks for the opportunity to uh, come on here. It's it's uh, the, the pleasure's all mine. Um, I, I don't, uh, I would be careful not proclaim myself important, um, but my name is Nick uh, Propwash Smith. Um, most people know me as Propwash, and uh, I am the, the uh, owner and president of Virtual World Entertainment, the uh, company that was the original manufacturer of the Battletech VR cockpits and the Battletech Center that originated in Chicago. Uh, later, of course, they opened Virtual World Centers all around the world. Uh, I'm uh, been a long time uh, you know, fan of the Battletech universe. Uh, you know, certainly was was one of the kids that saw the advertisement for the Battletech Center in the second issue, I believe, of Nintendo Power, and had long uh, uh, needed to make that that quest out to Chicago to play in in the world's greatest simulator. And uh, uh, I'm envious. How, how old are you, Nick? Uh, thirty something. 
okay, 30-something, so you know, you're, you're not too old like Darren there. But anyway, so you've been around for a while. I mean, have you also, uh, one, you're a big Battletech fan in general. I mean, Tabletop, uh, I'm assuming. Uh, did you play any of the like MechWarrior series, like the original uh, MechWarrior, MechWarrior 2, 3, or 4, any of those? Um, well, first off, I had to come, come clean. Uh, you know, I'm a huge Battletech fan, but I, I'm actually not really a tabletop player. I played a little bit in, in 1990, 1990-ish. A friend of mine, Jason Randall, who was a diehard gamer, got me into that. Uh, but, you know, my, my love really started with MechWarrior 1. Um, I was I was nutty about MechWarrior 1, going over to a friend's house who had a computer, and, you know, we'd play the damn thing until about 4 in the morning. Uh, and, I, and I've never beaten the dang thing. It's all right, man. I mean, we get our butts kicked by, like, the computer, and yeah, it happens. Well, I myself spent um, uncountable hours on the uh, virtual world machines back in the day. Um, Can totally understand your interest in them, but how did you get into the business side of it? Um, I'd say blind luck and, and tenacity. Uh, you know, as I was one of the, the, the few people that got their hands on the old 3.0 cockpits, uh, I acquired my first non-functional cockpits in 99, and I brought them back to Michigan from California. Uh, after that, I kind of built up a bit of a reputation on the inside as, as being a bit of a bulldog, you know, kind of sticking to this thing and uh, achieving things that a lot of people didn't think uh, I could. Of course, I had a lot of help. Uh, from a lot of insiders, you know, Kelly Bonilla, Chris Chapman, um, you know, a lot of other people that were, you know, long time invested into this franchise were really cool to help me out. Over time, I developed a relationship uh, with the president and owner of Virtual World, Jim Garbarini, um, and, and I, you know, just tried to stay very active and, and, and uh, positive in the community, help where I could, and, and kept a close relationship with the powers that be. And eventually, uh, you know, some opportunities came my way, and 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 I and I cashed in on them. So, you know, to give someone who may not know about uh, what these pods are, it, they're really cool. I remember seeing pictures of them growing up. You know, being a teenager, not having any of them around. I remember just sort of like, oh god, that sucks. Why can't any be near us? You know, you you go and look at pictures and whatnot, and. Basically what they are, guys, uh, for those who don't know, and for all the, you other mech heads, you want one, I know. But it, for those who don't know, it's basically these things are simulator cockpits. That's basically what it comes down to. It, you know, they're enclosed. You get in. It's got all of the flips, switches, board. I mean, you can think of joysticks. And then as well as the display is actually a little bit different. It's not like your normal just like computer screen i mean there, there's a lot more technical and i'm sure nick could go into a, a tirade of um y- you know breaking down how it all works um maybe we can do that later but that's what these are and what the cool thing about it is you see people actually do this all the time i mean ifinity i mean you start you people are starting to do this at their homes now granted it's not as the as complex and in, in, in detail as these uh, machines these pods but there there was a real desire and i mean there's still people playing this game to this day a pretty hardcore following is that is that correct what, what they remind me of is like military simulators or if you've ever seen like uh you know somebody who's learning to be a jet pilot those kinds of simulators and man they were so much fun the nearest center when i was you know when i was able to go and when there was one near me it was two hours away 
and I would go there every opportunity I could get if I could ever get somebody to take me, whatever. <laughs> I mean, those things were just fun because you'd go in there and they'd have, <clears throat> I don't know what, how many pods on average, but at least 12 if I can remember right. I mean, there would be a lot of them and uh, everybody would pile in and you're all ready and uh, the, the game kicks off. And I mean, it just, it really felt like you were in that mech and you were in your cockpit. It was a lot of fun. Well, um, you know, to, to answer the question, Phil, the, uh, yeah, the, the community is in some serious diehard guys. I mean, I would host events here at my house where, I, where I've got some of these cockpits. And uh, we'd get people from as far away as Japan coming out to play, you know, both Battletech and Red Planet. Um, and, you know, now, now Virtual World is well over, you know, I believe like 22, 23 years old at this point. And we still have people that, that are coming out to play, people traveling hundreds, if not thousands of miles to spend a day playing these things at the various locations around the U.S. Um, you know, we've got a lot of, you know, masters out there that have thousands, if not over 10,000 missions in this thing. And most of these guys actually paid the full retail price back in the day when, you know, it might be 10 or 11 bucks per game. Wow, that's that's insane. So let's let's jump into what's going on now. Um, you know, as a company, obviously, you've got plans to move forward, and, and we're about to touch on that. Um, one of the things our listeners and the community in general has been watching is the uh, events over at Mech Tech and their announcement of Solaris Assault Tech. Now, I say announcement, it was announced back in 2009, but we really hadn't seen anything. And then they sort of had the, you know, the, that story and the news article pop up, and they were like, oh, okay, well, um, I guess, you know, we need to let the community know something. When this first occurred, they they quickly, after all this happened, that they posted on-site locations only, and you know the whole uh, community was opposing stuff. The first thing that popped in my head was pods. This has to be for the virtual world pods. And can you confirm and or deny? I mean, is there a connection? Are they developing this this game for possibly a, a new pod system? Well, I'll, yeah, I, I will confirm that. Um, certainly when the story broke, a lot of us were kind of caught by surprise. I mean, this is some a part of a series of projects that we we're working on two years ago. You know, some of it kind of lost a little bit of steam. Once once this broke, I mean, all the attention it got, it, it really changed the dynamics of, of what's been going on in, in our respective lives. I know, you know Vince's life has changed dramatically since then and it made for a lot of confusion and, and drama within kind of the owner's community, if you will. And, and what's going on is, first off, Mech Tech has been uh, a, a contractor uh, for Virtual World for, for, for quite a few years. I mean, they've been developing, uh, helping us develop content for the Battletech Firestorm system for uh, at least five, six, maybe even seven years. I mean, we started implementing mech tech maps and their mechs, you know, even, even before I bought the company. Uh, since then, you know, they've been a key strategic partner in a lot of developments. And one of the things that w was happening before the Mech Warrior for free release was that, you know, we were using mech tech to try some really advanced simulation concepts. You know, Vince and Jho and a few guys on the team you know, had some absolutely brilliant ideas, but we didn't want to just throw them in the cockpits. You know, you know that's certainly where we want to put super high fidelity simulation, uh, you know, depth and features. But we thought, hey, you know, they're doing these these mech packs. Let's start implementing some of these ideas in mech pack four. 
and let's see what sticks. Let's see what's cool. You know, you know, there's kind of a, a dual branch benefit here. One, the community, you know, gets some gets some really new features and extends the life of MechWarrior 4. And then we can kind of vet some of these cool ideas and see if it's something that we want to put into our product. Now, moving up to, you know, another free release happened and, you know, we kind of let's do something we need to do something bigger we need to do something more exciting something better for the long term and of course we've been working on some concepts for the next generation tesla cockpit um, that is that still you know carries the tradition of being a ridiculously high fidelity simulation system uh, but also is a lot more scalable and accessible to to the global uh, market space and you when know, you when you mean that are you talking about there there's a few obviously the the technology obviously something new uh the actual size and maneuverability of some of these pods i mean you're talking about like the cost the size how you know how many you could get out there and so forth uh compared to like the old ones i mean the old ones are still expensive because they're they're outdated but yet they you know like how does is that sort of go into your the the thinking here it does. You know, the old cockpits were never really meant to be moved. And it's funny, this weekend, I believe the guys at MechCore uh, down in Houston are attending OwlCon. And, you know, these were meant to be set up once, never to be taken down and moved again. And we've been, you know, modifying them, taking them on the road. They're not meant for that. They were never meant for that. Nobody in their wildest dreams thought we'd still be running the same platform. Um, the Tesla one upgraded the Tesla two platform since you know what 1994. I mean this is this is unbelievable you know, uh, but what we need to do is take a look at all the things that this system isn't. You know we need you know a, a more of a scalable platform that allows other kinds of simulations and experiences. Yeah, BattleTech is cool. Everyone knows us for that. People know about Red Planet, but man, what a great platform for flight simulators, space simulators, you know, all kinds of other other things like that. Secondly, and the technology you know, and the technology is there nowadays to where you can have multitudes of games on one system and programmed and all that. Absolutely, and adds you know adds a heck of a lot more value to the potential customer that might buy it. Um, and there's a lot of other you know technical features. Obviously, newer graphics, you know, more fidelity, you know, um, tying into social media and things like that. I mean, there's 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 a whole playbook of of things that Virtual invented back in the day and things that you know really made it successful that we want to roll forward with everything that we've learned over the last few years. Most definitely. So you know, is there obviously the locations right now? Uh, I know of Chicago, and you've mentioned Houston. I know there's a few others. And these basically guys uh, listening, what he's talking about is someone buys these, sets them up, and then basically, uh, you know, that's how it works, right? They set up a location, and uh, I, I, what's the technical term for that? Um, uh, I'm not it, a bus business it, owner. The technical term is out-of-home out entertainment or location-based entertainment. They're licensees. They buy the okay. cockpits. Yeah. They still license the software. And there's really three vectors people can go play now. The first one, obviously, you go to a commercial venue where you go pay to play. Second, you make friends with somebody that's got them at their house. There's quite a few private sets. But third, and you know, this is more of a newer development, is you've got several owners that have actually been taking them on the road, um, going to major conventions like Origins, Gen Con, um, Dragon Con and, and, and a whole slew of others um, and you know get that information on Facebook of course we've got a website www.mechjock.com and then uh, there's actually a website that that one of our licensees operates called getinthepods.com um, that actually is a website specifically dedicated to the whole mobile co cockpit concept 
um, pretty much if someone's if, if a set's going to a convention they will be uh, highlighted there well, that is that that's awesome <laughs> phil i think uh some of these uh private owners uh definitely need to get a hold of us yes most definitely <laughs> if you guys well maybe darren needs to move over to north carolina i'm just throwing that out there now uh, all right so locations obviously uh with development that your own business mech tech and all that we'll find out more later uh can you give us a possible like sort of time frame what are, what, when are you guys possibly if you can even mention anything which you might not put you guys just throwing this out there i mean are we looking at like a few years down the road uh seeing a lot more of these in the possibility um certainly that's 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 the intent you know we're we're really excited about some of the things that we're going to be taking here to uh um uh gdc to uh, we're meeting with quite a few uh movers and shakers out there uh, other people are excited about the product and we'd like to see something really take root in the next couple of years uh, you know one thing people got to remember is um you know we're not talking about just designing and developing a game we're talking about manufacturing you know high fidelity hardware that you know is still the only place you see stuff like it is you know if you if you work with the military um, we're still looking at you know some high grade hardware and some really uh, elaborate and, and unique uh, features uh, it's a tough road but you know we're, we're still trudging along we're we're we're, we're defying the odds you know every, every day that's awesome I, I, I want to play in one so and, and I know he mentioned GDC uh, I will let you guys know out there that uh, Darren uh, and NGNG is is trying to uh, I guess be in at the back door of GDC. Yeah, we're we're trying to be there, and if uh, you know, we've we've got an idea uh, of how to do that. You know, something about hula skirt. I don't know. It's Brandon's idea. So, hey, uh, you know, appreciate the in input there, uh, Nick. Uh, we're going to be moving on, but we will have his uh, website, uh, all that info. Um, you know, with his logo at our site, you can just click on. Uh, we'll have that when this goes live. Um, so uh, let's move on to the MechWare Online news. Uh, and because we re were re-recording, uh, just so happened this Friday as well, there was a lot more info released. So I guess it sort of works out in a weird way. Um, but with us on the show is also Dim. Uh, Dim, what is your first name, by the way? My first name is Steven. All right, Steven. So we've got Steven also on the show now. I know him as Dim, and that's pretty much all I know, know you as. But he's actually been one of the most active guys on our TS3, active on the MWO forums. Um, and he is the unit leader of... Uh, my Norwegian members are going to kill me for my horrible old Norse, but it's the Schwaldbore, or Shield Wall of Russell Hug. See, that's why I got you to say it. Cause yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, yeah, so Steven, you want to... All right, so he's going to be chiming in here, and I think we also have uh, you know, our, our other uh, host, uh, Greg. He's, he's on his way back, uh, you know, so he'll, he might hop in here in you know, a few minutes. But let's move on to the news now. A lot of stuff was going out there this past week, and a lot of cool stuff, a lot of cool stuff today. So the first thing uh, I want to point you guys towards is the ZAM article, and that's Z-A-M uh, article. And it, it was really cool because it's a one of five series. And by the way, that's just Z-A-M.com. Nothing crazy with that. Um, but it was a five-part series, and the first one was with Brian Ekman. And he basically breaks down the gist of it. But there was a, cool, a few key things in here that I took out of it. Um, you know, Brandon pointed out there was a mech lab mentioned. So, you know, it was mentioned. Um, it gave a breakdown of like what it would be like after you do a drop. 
and that was you go back to the screen it says uh let's see basically it drops you back to the front end where they can customize their battle mech chat with their friends plot strategies with their court mates or check out the inner live inner sphere map to see what's going on through the universe I, you know, I mean, just those little things there. The rest of it, we, we already sort of knew. I mean, especially you know, that would be well, a great first in-game screenshot to show. <laughs> well, I mean, we also get a little bit more in there as well. Just one more thing is the uh, summary screen at the end of a match, which uh, it says outlines uh, at the end of a match. A screen pops up, outline the contract earnings and bonuses and C bills. And if anyone remembers MechWarrior Four that's probably, if you play the single player, the end of a mission, that's what I'm thinking of at the end of a multiplayer game. Well, I think it'll be a lot like uh, most iterations of games nowadays, right? I mean, you, you look at, you know, we always talk about World of Tanks. Uh, I mean, you've got other free-to-play games out there. But anything that involves, you, you go in there, you blow stuff up, doesn't matter what game it is, uh, depending on how well you did, you're going to come out with X experience. Uh, but there's also more than just experience. I mean, we're talking about... Um, and this isn't covered, but pilot experience, mech experience, and all that. And, and we'll cover that in a little bit. So anyways, the, to make the gist of this is it's a five-part series, and that was the first one we're waiting to find out more. Obviously, the closer we get to GDC and then thereafterwards, I'm sure we're going to get a just ton of stuff to talk about and, uh, you know, get all hyped up about. So check it out. It's actually a short read. It's not too long. And those were pretty much the highlights of it all. Um, very, very cool uh, and, you know, readily available to the public. And obviously there will be more. So awesome. Some things we noticed, and, and this is funny, and I'm, I'm going to tell you guys, Brandon, you know, he may say uh, he may not like his job. But let me tell you, this dude is on the MWO forums too damn much. And... I don't want to hear from him because he'll be at school in class. The professor will be like talking to him and he's like, Hey PK or Hey Phil, uh, hold on a second. Professor's talking to me. Okay. I'm back. Hey, did you see this? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, are you serious? So, uh, who really cares about Socrates? I mean, I'm just saying, I think mech warrior trumps Socrates. I agree. He, he can certainly multitask better than I can. I agree. I agree. So, I mean, that that happens with age. It's okay, man. We, we still love Wake you. Wake me up when it's my turn. <laughs> All right. So, one of the things we also noticed was there was a Facebook update with another picture concept of the dragon. That was the same concept. You know what? For the life of me, I cannot find this dang thing. Really? Again, you... it has to do with age, I'm sure. Blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, I cannot find it's, it. It's on Facebook. Brandon, Brandon will help you out while we talk about this. Now, um... Dim and Nick, uh, if you guys have been following along, the main difference between the dragon, this one, the original we saw, and this one was the arm. It was the right arm. The original had a, basically, arm that didn't have a noticeable upper arm and lower arm. It was pretty much the arm, and it was pretty much built into a AC cannon. Um, this one, though, the new one, different paint scheme, um, but the arm had an upper arm and lower arm and a different looking weapon i mean i'm gonna assume it's an ac but that, i mean that's what i took out of that so i mean what do you guys think about that i mean what what does that lead you to speculate different variants for the grand dragon um where it swaps out the auto cannon for a er or a ppc 
Um, one thing that I, I sort of miss is one of the big components of tabletop when you don't have those uh, arm actuators is being able to flip your arm and fire behind you, and that's, that was a major tactic of the tabletop games. Yeah, Rifleman, that's another one that does it, and some other ones as well. So it leads me to think that one different variants of the mech okay but we still don't know how their customization system is going to work is it going to be like mech 4 semi quasi hardpoint mech 2 fully customization the one thing you know i will say is i i like the idea of different variants in a, in a semi quasi hardpoint system because let's be honest if you take the catapult and you take the centurion and you can throw the same armament on the centurion what's the point of having the catapult? And so I think what they'll do is they'll come up with a system that'll be really unique. And I mean, already they're showing us how unique they, it's gonna be with modules. And today, the pilot tree and the mech tree. So uh, we'll dive into that in just a moment. So one, one other thing that uh, is probably worth mentioning is the subtle change to the cockpit. Um, I'm guessing that through playtesting, they noticed that it was a little too uh, too small and hard to hit. So you notice on the new concept art that they increased the uh, bubble for the cockpit. Yeah, and it could have it could also be that the actual when they were inside um, the mech they as well, see out. they couldn't yeah. see out. I mean, and that's going to be a unique feature to uh, this game is the geometry of the mech will actually affect. It matters. Yeah. So I mean, we already saw the Hunchback you're going to see the big AC-20 right there. So it definitely Talk about a blind spot. Yeah, most definitely. So, and again, this may just be a different concept. I mean, we really, we just, we just don't know. So, um, but it's definitely noticeable and, and we picked it up right away. So let's move on to this month and it is, uh, you know, February and we've got Roll Warfare Month. And <laughs> I said it right that time. No, you said Warfare. Did I? Warfare? Warfare? Oh boy, here we go again. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. All right. Uh, it's late. I apologize. Anyways. So, to give you a breakdown, we've got the dev blog 3 that came out on Wednesday. We also had, um, if people noticed it, on Friday we delved deeper into the pilot tree modules and battle mech XP system. Boom. That came out today. Um, next week will be a developer interview with some of the other staff we haven't met before, which will be really cool. Um, and then developer Q&A, which right now you guys can go post your questions and it would be a good time to do it now with the Friday release and, you know, you know, pester them to death, ask as many questions. I mean, and hopefully you know your, your question will be uh, picked. Um, and then we've got Wednesday surprise and a little hint of, does anybody else think Battle Mech is 7 is coming? And one of the things that also got released in this past week for hitting the 100,000 posts. Um, the devs, and Paul being, you know, Pink Thunder troll winner as he is, wants to troll and spoil the image, you know, like, haha, got you. But he came through, and on the second spoiler, it was a concept of Flamer. But there was three different ones. Again, plays into that, you know, uh, different variants possibly of the same weapon, blah, blah, blah. Or maybe they're just they just look different um, for each faction. We don't know. Um, so what do you guys? No, go ahead. 
Uh, so I, I can't imagine they would they would you know put a lot of energy uh, development energy into developing a different looking weapon for uh, for different factions. Um, that said, I, I'm I, I'm certainly a promote a proponent of variants, uh, scared to death of of an actual mech lab. It, well, I, I I like the idea of a mech lab, but I think there needs to be a lot of constraints to it and imagination and not just mech 2 mech 3 style it can't be like that it because it it will players build min max and boat and nah i just don't want to see that again but uh let's stay let's stay on topic focus focus uh, so with that the surprise wednesday do you guys think the flamer has anything to do i mean uh brandon you had a theory about this two of uh, two of them i think right Yes, I had two theories. Uh, one of them, the first one being uh, in relation to a tweet that um, FD put out a couple of days ago. Uh, that was, uh, I'm trying to find it again here. Um, I think it was something like, uh, if I remember correctly, going, going to the stalker store to buy myself some stalker pants. And he had emphasis on the word stalker. Now... I don't know if he's just replaying the game Stalker, um, or if he is hinting towards perhaps the next mech being a Stalker. Mm, well, I do know that on his um, DVNR page, he has done some cosplay, and I want to say Stalker is on there. Now that you mention that, or some type of outfit, so I wonder. You know, I mean, that's definitely a play on words, and with the community as is. That's just that's just sinister. I would definitely like to see it. Um, I I never really liked the stalker in the older artwork, older games, or anything. I I liked the stalker for the first time in uh, Mech Warrior Four, and um, you know, just like every mech, and and I'll say this probably for every mech, uh, I definitely want to see FD's take on it. I think it'll be amazing. Well, you don't like the giant penis? The penis on uh, legs? Nah. But well. <sighs> It, in, unless he does it, then I will. Yes, I'm sure. Okay, it's a, it's a, if it's an FD's penis on legs, it'll be okay. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> you, you heard it straight from here. It's okay if it's FD. Whoa, not gonna go there. All right, and then after that surprise Wednesday at the end of the month, we've got extra Wednesday, and here is the quote, er, and I quote: "Let's just say something pretty freaking awesome. This is going to be a big one. No, it's not beta." but we're going, getting close to that announcement. Now, I'm not sure. I'm not going to speculate on what it is. I do know, and I will throw that out there, we will see, see in-game footage from the GDC. They're going to go there. They're going to show, maybe if not even play some for the, the crowd, we will see in-game footage. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's maybe some screenshots of these mechs inside. Well, if you won't speculate, I will. I'm going to go ahead and say Do that it. we're going to get the Raven on the fourth Wednesday and the Awesome on the fifth. You think? I, why? Why do you think the Awesome? Because I mean, uh, and why the Raven, not the Firefly? Well, we're uh, short a light mech and short an assault mech to make two each, so that sort of narrows that down for me. And uh, just the uh, usage of words in the the fifth Wednesday. Plus, okay. I want to see some PPCs. Well, I'm gonna, this, I'm gonna go. Out is this possibly hoping as well? Yeah, possibly. Didn't <laughs> you just get destroyed in Mega Mech by one of these? 
don't need to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Phoenix Hawk, give me a break. One thing I will throw out there, and we actually didn't touch on this Wednesday when we did this. Um, we're going to be talking about it a little bit, but a dev does mention a heavy with an AC-20. Now, granted, we don't know about the customization process or if there is or how it works, but I do know there's only two mechs in that time frame, heavies, that have a you know stock AC-20, and that was the Shootist and the... Um, Oh, it was something weird. It started with an S. Um, I'll get back to you on that one. But there was only two of them, st like stock. I mean, um, so, I mean, other variants or if you swapped them out, I mean, we don't know what you could do. But um, just throwing that out there, and we'll, we'll touch on that in just a second. Let that click in your mind for a little bit. So we're going to move on to um, the dev blog three, and there's a lot of information here. We're not going to go through it all because I mean it would take forever. But one of the key things is obviously it's Roll Warfare Month. Uh -huh, got you, Darren. All right, and you've got four different yeah. Um, you've got four different areas: scouting, defense, assault, and command. Um, there's already been people, and I think there's still a thread going on. Dim, you can confirm this. And Brandon, someone was saying like, oh well, I think the term assault is too generic it might you know lead to people think you need to be an assault mech and blah 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 i think that's still going on i'm, I'm all for switching it over to striker as i saw one person recommended that's actually I mean, does it need it, it though yeah i mean the word there's roles and if I, it I says say, role uh, phil for some people it's not needed and for some people it is needed people coming into this franchise new it might find it confusing Okay, so it, I'll, I'll play the other side of it. So just because you hear the word assault, you have to be an assault mech, and that's the sort of idea. And, you know, I would say these terms, these roles for me, and after you read them, obviously you know what a scout is going to do. Um, they're, what they're talking about, defense and assault sort of mixed together, they're just on both ends of the spectrum here, and obviously command. I think you're going to see all these roles get flip-flopped, mashed together, thrown one way, dumped here, left behind, uh, molded. I mean, all of them. It's going to completely change with the player base because, you know, uh, let's face it, uh, just because you're in a command mech, what generally, what, battle tech, we read novels and stuff, that, that commander is like in an assault mech, blah, blah, blah. I have a feeling we're going to see commanders in lights and mediums and heavies and assaults. I think it'll be definitely situational. There's so much customization on all ends that, yeah, I think we're going to see a huge variety of the way people do things. Well, and the, and the beauty is, is, is uh, you know, no matter how much they try to tweak it from a development or balance standpoint, uh, uh, no no plan survives engagement with the enemy. I mean, it's uh, that that's that's the magic of this whole thing. You know, they're going to create the tools, and then then the players are going to do brilliant things, and it's it, it's going to be awesome to watch. And that's what I'm looking forward to. And so, read through the dev blog, guys. R read each individual section um we've got some pretty uh little nifty pictures i like that uh, it's sort of uh funny um but it does give you some some key things stuff we sort of already knew but it, you know definitely uh, it leaves open a lot of questions which they covered today um that was uh confirmed in the pilot tree and the mech tree so 
uh, one of the things I want to look at right now is at the very bottom of this article is, is it does break down scouts, defense, assault, and then command. And like I said, I think that the, the cool thing I'd take out of the scouts is they say suggested battle mix are lights and mediums. I love that. I'm, I, I like the idea that mediums will also be able to play a certain role in scouts and information because that's where I feel most comfortable um, in, in mechs. I mean, even in MWLL. Um, I've been in one assault mech once when we were doing alpha testing, uh, and I had to get into an awesome and to... you know it was very much i was there it was very much a fish out of water i mean you're practically asking how to turn the power on you know i mean i didn't know where the on switch was you know so me personally i love the idea that i'll be able to play a distinct role as a medium mech uh, in this game but it's really cool because it breaks down to like hey if you're a scout you're probably going to want to invest into radar and detection uh, modules and enhancements and whatnot. Whereas assault, you may want to do um, assistance-friendly fire, uh, friendly units, detection, protection. Um, and again, we got all that information today, um, which was really cool. Um, what did you guys take anything else out of that? I mean, when you guys read this, that was like, oh wow, that's that's interesting. Or I everything like everything for the commander. <laughs> okay, what 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 about it though? Um, I was a little afraid that um, as a unit leader, I was going to have to put requirements on my um, lance leaders that they were going to have to spend a whole bunch of points down the commander tree. It looks like they'll only need to put in one or two to really be able to use the battle grid, and everything else is just icing on the cake. Well, okay. and and I and I think the magic here is. Is we we've all you know or a lot of us have been hoping for a long time that you'd start to create a real cool big tactical game. You know we've always wanted this big big oversight, information control, information warfare capability. And now they've got the ability to really you know when they say yeah we suggest you take a small or a medium. Well, those suggestions could be uh, very compelling by use of the fact that a lot of this you know electronic countermeasures or surveillance technology can only be implemented on, say, a medium or a small mech. Um, there's, there's just so much opportunity here to really turn it into a dynamic battlefield. You know, before, obviously, you know, they would do that just by control of drop weight. You know, okay, someone's going to have to take, you know, a medium and someone's going to have to take a small if we want to field a full lance of mechs. Now, it just adds just a, a little bit more magic to the equation, you know, letting smart people do smart things and cohesive teams, you know, ultimately triumph by being cohesive teams. I mean, I think it's really exciting and compelling. You know what just popped in my mind is, sorry, Darren, is imagine having the awareness to be a commander running in a light to medium mech and also having some of these modules that um, affect how quickly you disappear off someone's uh, radar and stuff like that. So not only are you fast and you're mobile, um, now you've got these tools um, or enhancements that do help you, you know, keep out of the fight. You're, still, you're a ninja. Yeah. Right. And yeah, that. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and that, that's, I mean, that's awesome. Because, I mean, I think what's going to happen is you, there's going to be battles when the commander is in the assault. He's going to be on field. But one of the problems is if you've got 15 people on your team 
and one person is technically pretty much out of the fight. You're now down to 14 against 15, and then a few people have to guard you and blah, blah, blah. You know, you're effectively taking maybe two or three people technically, you know, out of the fight, per se. You, you flip that around, and your commander is active and maybe just sort of sits back. Now you've got all 15-ish in, in the fight. Think about, you know, on the battlefield, you know, if you've got all of these players, but just having a slight information or tactical advantage gives you, you know, two or three seconds of advantage. I mean, it seems so small in, in the scope of a battle, but two or three effective seconds you could take down, you know, one or two opposing mechs. You know, at that moment, you might have a one or two mech advantage. You know, at that point in time, I mean... It's, it could be overwhelming and just that just that little bit of information or that little bit of cleverness uh you know in the heat of battle can just way change the odds and uh you know i i think that's where you know, you're going to see so much power um you know into investing into these these tactical uh, and, and information capabilities i have to heartily agree there it seems slight but i mean you see this a lot in in like league of legend another arena battle game a few seconds, I mean, you look, maybe you're upgrading ability, it gets increased by 0.5 seconds. Now, I know when I started, I was like, eh, that's probably not much. But in terms of actual gameplay, man, every fraction of a second means so much. So I really think in the, the way Battletech combat is, fast and furious mech combat with potentially really high damage weapons like autocannon 20s, you know, rolling around, getting that first shot off or catching your opponent a couple seconds off guard is going to be huge, absolutely huge. I think it'll really depend on the size of the maps, though, how useful some of these tactics will end up being or how much you'll actually be able to do. Well, and I think that goes on to the, the pace, pretty much, of these games. You know, how fast-paced... What I mean, obviously, if everyone's in light max, you can almost assume it's going to be, you know, crazy everywhere. Um, but there's a there's a really cool um, story that Paul uh, talks about. And we'll, I'll read it in, in a few. Um, but very, very cool. Um, to, an to answer your question really quick, uh, Phil, which was, you know, what do you think when you look at these, these roles here? Um, <clears throat> this will be quick uh, what I see and which I is giving me a huge smile is that we finally have a mech warrior MMO I mean this is that's what you're looking at here the different roles like all the MMOs of course mech warrior you, it's not so drastic where you have a, a tank and a healer or whatever but I mean people are really gonna feel the niche that they enjoy the most and uh, that just makes me happy and that's where this this the whole dead block three I mean the stuff you read it talks about the pilots the the distinct um, or I shouldn't say the distinct the combination of both role and information warfare combining you're gonna find a role that you like and that suits you and then you're gonna be able to choose these skills and and going down that route that you enjoy and that you are best at and that right there the ability to do that and then maybe you know you discover you want to do something else you can go in that direction but that's that's really cool and I, and I like the way they're designing this and it sort of ties into what was released today I mean it does tie in um, they basically they released this on Wednesday we were like uh, well what is this you know what does that mean exactly boom and they give it to us today and so let's go ahead and roll into that um, and 
if I could if just you... make, make make a comment on that, you know, just a little 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 inside yes. th- thought here is this is a little bit of the magic of Jordan Wiseman. I mean, you know, uh, you know, here's a creative guy that has always strongly believed in the the concept of the interactive narrative. You know, you're you're going into this experience to tell your own story. You're going to be the hero of your own story. And what a great way to let so many different personality types and and ways of playing potentially be significant and, and prevail. People are going to be the center of their own story, and and now they've got so many paths that they can walk down, different styles that that will be meaningful. Um, I, I I I just thought to bring some attention to that because what a what a huge element to really open this up to so many different kinds of people and personalities and let people be successful at at what they love to do. Yep, most definitely, and that, and it does tie into basically the dev block four of uh, role warfare continued and. Uh, basically, it breaks down. Um, it breaks down how you, as a pilot, um, get experience, and so you know they're cumulative. Uh, I can't even talk right now. Cumulative, uh, and uh, you use to unlock battle mech efficiencies. Basically, you get them by like destroying mechs, detecting a mech, assisting a friendly unit, disabling an enemy unit. And then doing like what the commander is like telling you on the screen and blah blah blah. So you get that XP just from doing that, and you know, uh, pretty familiar. I mean, that's how BF3 works and uh, some other ones. Now, I don't know about the command thing, and that's that's a unique thing in its own, uh, from at least for me. Um, Battlefield carries yeah. some of that over. Uh, as a squad leader, you get points. Yeah, for bonuses. People yeah. following your orders. Oh, I imagine that'll be a. A similar system to what we see here. That's actually in the F3. Well, I, I guess we just never really utilize. It's not like a uh, you don't need it to win in that game. You know, like I don't, right. I don't. There's no commander like going around and telling like BF2. <laughs> there's a lot of wannabes. Yeah. Well, BF2 actually had that commander role. And it was really cool. I mean, dropping stuff, helping out. I remember doing it. And it was really fun. Right. Um, I know there's on the forums. There's been a lot of discussion about how the commander role is going to actually be filled and will it be filled efficiently um, with your guys' experience in the BF games what's what's your perspective on that? Will will there be too many cooks in the kitchen? Are too many Indians not enough chiefs? Will people actually use the system instead of say voice comms? I well, think that's completely up to the individual units like especially the Merc units I mean I don't, I don't know about the houses but uh, you know, the Merc units are going to organize themselves either efficiently or not efficiently. Well, it, I, I think what we're doing is we're, we're, that question diverges into a broader thing here. You're looking at, there's different game modes. So if you're talking about competitive play, planetary and whatnot, that are actually Merc units, factions and whatnot, it's, it's going to be one person, uh, you know, on each side. They're going to have their commander, you know, just sort of like an FC and EVE. You're going to have that. You're going to have backup. That's pretty much how that'll roll. What I'm wondering is, and I think this is more geared towards what you're talking about, is the regular like pub matches. Like in BF2, um, it was like a position that you filled, and only one person could be in that position. I don't remember how I got into it or how you would. I think it was just like you press a button at a certain time, or maybe there's a vote or something. But you may have a commander that's just absolutely lousy, and unfortunately, it may just sort of affect how well or organized or how data you know information is given back and forth um 
So I'm wondering how they're going to do that. Is it going to be based off rank or anything like that? So I, I mean, in my experience, um, especially like in BF3 and stuff like that, I mean, we don't even really, I mean, when you're in pub matches, you just go out there and you blow shit up. I mean, you win, you win. Now competitive play is completely different. So, and I think we're going to see that division here too between the lone wolf and faction players and how their matches will go compared to the mercenary units. So you know, I I don't really know if there's a, an answer to that until we see how it works. Like, okay, let's you know, let's play the game, see how it works, and is there you know something like that i mean we, we just don't really know so they, they i think it will affect sorry about that uh, they often also haven't said whether or not there is actually going to be a limit on the number of commanders there could be 12 commanders on your team if that's what everybody's role is they, they haven't said if there's going to be a actual cap yeah i mean if everyone's just clicking on the map go here go here go here uh, uh. really well, I mean, would that because they said as well that you get points for accepting commanders, uh, commanders' orders there in the newest um, role warfare part that came out today. Um, would that potentially cause a, uh, cause a problem if you got two friends on the same team as commanders and they're just constantly spamming orders and accepting it? Well, you have to carry it out though. So if That's everybody's true. busy spamming orders, that might be the built-in uh, balancing mechanism there to prevent. Abuse. Well, you go could have here. a situation where you know you say, "Okay, destroy this objective." If there's 12 commanders in the team, all 12 assign that objective, and then they get 11 times the uh, whatever points or something like that. That could be something. All right, guys. So we should. Move yeah, on. let's let's move on. Uh, I mean, we really don't know. We'll find out more. Let's move into some of the juicy parts, and uh, we've got this on our website, and obviously you can check it out at MWO, the battle mech efficiencies. Um, first off, when I when I pulled this up this morning, when it came out, and I pulled it up, and I, and I read through the blog, I was apprehensive. I would say you're almost unhappy. I, well, I was a little defensive because, you know, one of the things, uh, you know, we've talked about is when you implement anything... Uh, I like the idea because it's it's definitely MechWarrior RPG elements, and I like that. But it's a fine line you you're you're walking when, like, if we were just sitting around designing rules, should my skill, if like if I was an actual MechWarrior, my skill I can't make that mech go any quicker. I can't make as a tanker, I can't make that tank go any quicker. It has a top speed now. I can become a better driver, I can take hills and gullies, and I know how to drive it, but I physically can't make it go any quicker, and so some of the things on here, well, I was I was a little... compared, though, to, like, um, say, somebody that just starts learning how to drive a motorcycle? They wouldn't be able to stay in control at higher speeds, where somebody who's been riding motorcycles for a long time can essentially drive faster because they're in, more in control? I, I understand where you're coming from, and I think that's why, like, if you look at, like, the torso twist angle and the twist speed and speed, uh, or twist, like, that kind of stuff, yeah, I can understand, because the better you are, 
you know, the more you'd lean into that corner if you if you've been riding a motorcycle for a while, the more you'd be apt to get this bike up to speed quicker. Um, I could understand because you'd have a little bit more control. Same thing with the mech. But one of the things I don't, I mean, I can't make that. That motorcycle tops out at 180, you know. I can't make it go any quicker. And so that's where I was a little hesitant about. And if you read through more, now we'll move on to the next part. We've got uh, rate of heat loss, uh, max heat, and weapon cooldown time. Again, to me, this is stuff that it's hard set. I don't know if I if I like the idea. I mean, I'm not against it. I just don't know if I like the idea that these things are changing their variables. When you've got a piece of hardware, those aren't variables. Um, so, well, I mean... I, I gotta say, I'm with PK on this one, actually. Like, torso twist angle, the thing can only go so far. It's not like you can sand a few extra notches in the torso to make it twist a little further. Yeah. But on the other hand, some of these do make sense. Acceleration, deceleration, that sort of works. And we've talked right. about that before, yeah. Um, gyro performance, I could kind of see that. It, it sort of factors in the old pilot skill. Just yeah, not it seems like it's sort of an abstraction of you being more comfortable within it. Within Jump the jet time, bank. I could I, I... go with that too. Maybe you learn how to feather them a little bit better. But I think torso it's... twist angle, speed, those things don't seem... Weapon cooldown? I don't know if that's quite right. I, don't, I, I think it's overthinking it, really. Um, you know, I, I know we all, you always want to have everything that happens somehow fit within the story of the game. But, I mean, just I, I think you just got to call it what it is. I mean, it's just an, 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 an XP modifier i mean there's no way to me you know for it to make sense as a, yeah those are things that a pilot's not going to do i mean this is this is a war machine in the 31st century for crying out loud i mean it it shouldn't even really need you the pilot um but you're there so it might as well make you comfortable and yeah you and, and, well and you and you're right and so i will say the one thing uh you know i i do give him to is it is it is a game and when you actually look at it i mean just the numbers wise 2.5% speed and maybe you only have X amount. That's really, you're talking about 7.5%, which isn't a lot, uh, you know, just that one thing. But I definitely, I like the idea of the efficiencies. And so this, I guess this would be the flip side of my argument. I love it. And, well, and, the, and the bottom line is, uh, you know, these games rely on carrots that uh, the gamers want to achieve over and over and over again. You know, we always got to have something that we're reaching for. Yeah, there's well, got to be a reward. You can look at if you have a stock Centurion, right, variant A, uh, and it's maxed out, and you look at variant A not maxed out, there will be a subtle difference. And even in the right hands, it may be totally negated, and I like that. And the cool thing, so this goes on into basically saying you've got uh, variants, which, by the way, this confirms. We have different variants of each mech. Yay. But what we don't know is how the customization again i'm gonna throw out there i think they've came up with a uh system semi quasi hardpoint system but we'll find out more about that we'll talk about that later but variant b and c so now we've got variants a b and c well the table goes down into the elite section but before you can unlock this you have to master variant a b and c's in tier one through four 
What do you guys think about that? Well, I, I, I like the idea. I mean, again, you know, there's, there's got to be some, you know, reward for commitment and you don't want it to be a walk in the park. Um, so, you know, I, certainly not knowing where, where a lot of it's going to be going in, in, you know, kind of the mech lab or whatever, you know, is the pseudo mech lab. Um, you know, certainly maybe there's the variants and then there's small components of each variant that, that can be modified. I, I think you should have to work for that. Um, I want to know how much XP it takes and because I'm all for long training. You know, you should go through multitudes of battle. But on the flip side, I also know that you don't want to just it just be forever and ever and ever. And there's no way to get there. But you don't want it too quick or too far away. That's what I'm interested in. I was actually thinking about this. And I think this is where you're going to see some of the balancing come in for... Um, Say, for example, an urban mech. Um, there's yeah. no point of taking an urban mech when you could take a centurion. Uh, so maybe the urban mech gets more experience faster. Maybe it has a higher uh, experience modifier. So when you do get that experience, you get it quicker. Everybody needs a trash can. <laughs> Especially and, one with the hood skirt. And it's, it's a great carrot mechanism to make people use that mech. I mean, you, you, certainly you don't want to be a developer that's producing, you know, some content that nobody ever uses. So, yeah, I think it's I think they're all great carrot mechanisms, levers for people to push and pull to to achieve different things. I, I think I think it's very clever. The one thing uh, I'm I'm a. I'm not, I, I love the tier system, the efficiency here. And then from the elite, it goes to tier five through eight, and then elite two, same thing. To get to elite two, you need to max out uh, elite one on the other variants. Now here's my little, and before we move on to the pilot tree, my little, I, I guess, niblet would be, well, if I'm gonna specialize, I can get to choose my path, right? Why do I have to use two other variants to do that? If I'm gonna stick in one mech, should not that work and so that would be my only eh, but i'm just nitpicking i'll probably love it enjoy it um, but unless you're the way i interpreted it was uh variant b and c are going to be the exact same thing and they all lead to elite one and then that you can do it again branching off again it didn't you didn't require all three just yeah you require it. all three for yeah. to get to elite two it's the oh, exact okay. same and um, so that would be my only, eh, you know, I, eh, eh, just don't know. Sell me on it, guys. I, I need. For me, it's it's simple in that I want everything to take as long as possible in this game. I like bigger consequences. I like, um, I just like anything that that speaks longevity and not instant satisfaction. Well, yeah. and, and and as we kind of mentioned before, I mean, you you want people to have early success so they get invested into it but then you know it, it, kind of like an inverted bell curve right but then you really want it to take take some work to really get to those next levels and yeah and, and, and certainly you know we're, we're we're sitting here speculating without a whole lot of information but you know with so many mechs and so many variants and so many different branches and trees i mean for all practical purposes it could just be one of these one of these achievements, so to speak, only takes like an hour in a particular mech, you know, and then maybe unlocks the next tier. I mean, we we really don't know how painful yeah, and exactly it's and be. and with all free to play. I mean, even BF3, you got like tribes. I mean, 
I understand. So it's one of those things. I love the, the tree system, the tier system, and it'll be really cool seeing what mechs, because the variant or the, the, the efficiencies, I think, are going to change too, possibly. So some, I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. That'll be another cool thing is the efficiencies from tier one to five on variant A may not be the same ones on the other variants. And I think that'll be really cool seeing the differences that you can go towards of you picking and choosing. Um, let's move on here to the pilot skills. Just had a, a thought on these efficiencies. If we're able to buy mechs, are they going to have these trees? Because that would allow you to buy more pilot points. Mm, I think you have to unlock them first. Like, you can't just buy an atlas and jump right into it. You have to be able to get the atlas first and then buy it. I was referring to uh, buying it with real money. Like premium. Yeah, I, I, I don't things. think it matters. I think you have to unlock that. I, I don't know, but I mean, that's what I've, I've understood. Sort of the whole, everything you can buy with real money, you can get with uh, in-game. Uh, you know, I don't know if you can buy experience, though. I think that's what it comes down to. And I think you need experience to unlock the mechs, uh, from what I understood. Um, community, let us know what you think about that one. Let's move on to pilot skills. Um, the really cool thing is they did the same thing for pilot skills. They broke down, uh, and we'll, we'll dive into that. Um, and basically they say each battle mech chassis has a set number of slots available for modules. You can fit whatever modules they want. Um, for whatever matches once you've unlocked them you can use them for that mech blah 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 different variants um the number of modules applied cannot exceed the ones on the battle mech which i think there's even an unlock in the pilot skews for one more module so um, i bet the uh, the guy that or the, the person that writes all these out just loves all your blah blah blahs what are you trying to say <laughs> I, you know, respect. I'm just saying. Show some respect. I'm just, I'm just, we're on a time constraint here, all right? We're on a low budget bubble gum and coffee. That's all we got. <laughs> don't yeah. you guys. We don't even have bubble gum. I lied. Yeah, we got coffee. <laughs> I got coffee. That's it. And I can't even give you any. So uh, they, they dive into scout role uh, skills, and we're, we'll just talk about this real quick. Um, and I think it's really cool. Again, if you pull up the, uh, the, chart graph it, it sort of gives you a breakdown but it breaks down the scout attack defense and commander and i think what's you know they've said this is just a concept this isn't final there may be changes in all of this um but just to to lay it out there for you and this one was actually you know darren sold me on a few of the things that I was a little iffy about too um you've got the scout obviously the scouts the eyes and the ears but um you know, stuff like, uh, it seems like the very first one is going to be vision mode, zoom, and you've got radar increases by like X percent. So, I mean, right there, a 2% uh, increase up to five times, that's a 10% increase on your radar. So, you know, 10% doesn't sound like much. I mean, it could be, you know, the mixed just difference enough. that you've seen. Yeah, it may be just enough to see someone and not see someone. I mean, be able to say, Hey, you know, everyone, you know, flank left, go left, go left, instead of, oh, sh you know, we just got ambushed. So, um, was there Plus, anything... With the scout mechs, they're supposed to be fast, so if you have a 10% range, that's a pretty comfortable cushion. You might actually be able to kite your opponent's radar and keep them in range of yours 
and give your team constant updates on where they're going and what they're doing. They don't even know that you have eyes on them. So instead of going through each one of these, because there's quite a few, if you guys could pick one, your favorite from one of the four, what would be your favorite? Darren, you want to go first? I think you already said one of them earlier. Yeah, I mean, I would be uh, Assault and Defense. I'm, that's just kind of where I like to uh, usually play um, and uh, usually probably hanging out with the commander. Okay, I mean, is there any specific, like, skill there you would choose? You know, like, oh, I definitely want it, want that. Um, yeah, I think charging is really cool. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, yeah, like, which skill yeah, would you choose? I mean, because you were you were saying that uh, you don't think a pilot should be able to make their mech do more damage or whatever because of a skill, right? Well, yeah, I was wondering, and you basically you were like, well, put it in this perspective yeah, and use the football played, analogy. Right. I, when I played high school football, I mean, we we learned how to hit the other opponent so that it hurt them more than it hurt you. But it's really easy if you just run at somebody stupidly and hit them to where you're gonna do as much damage or more to yourself. Yeah, lowering the shoulder and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, I agree. What about you, uh, Greg? Mm. I I agree with, in principle, that skill should not allow increased damage. But most of these skills that they're coming down here seem... I don't know. They seem reasonable. And um, if, you, if you had to pick one, which one would you be going for right away? In which... Tree, it doesn't matter. I'll do which one? Which tree do you like the best? What's most comfortable for you? Um, I have a feeling I'm gonna get pushed into the commander role, but <laughs> I'm probably gonna want to try scout role before that. And to be honest, even though it's like super early in the tree, I really want zoom seven. <laughs> Just like being able to look at people from really far away. It was one of my favorite features in um, Mech Warrior Three and. All that kind of stuff. I like the zoom function and being able to snipe and being able to give people real-time updates, not just looking on the computer screen, but actually telling them where they're turning and, and sitting there watching somebody that has no idea that you're watching them. Absolutely. All right. What so about you, Brandon? Uh, I'm probably gonna go for the scout first of all, and I'm really interested in seeing the multi-targeting. Okay. Definitely, I agree. Uh, up to four enemies at one time, that, that is definitely cool. What about oh. you? Uh, oh. I just got a question. I don't know if it was answered in the thing or not, but are these uh, skills, are they going to be able to intermesh? Like, will you be able to take some of the assault as a scout? Or That's a good question. I think they. it doesn't matter what mech you're in. I think it just, it, it's you. Once you choose it, that affects your avatar, your, well, I, your sorry, player. Sorry. I, I should have been clear. Um, I didn't mean like at an assault mech, but like, would you be able to take like, if you're a scout, would you still be able to branch into the assault slash defense skills? For example, uh, if you had the radar range, or not radar range, but the um, uh, let me pull it up here, the zoom, and for example, the thermal, would you be able to have them both active at the same time on your pilot? And before you answer that, Phil, I just want to point out that there was just a confusion on assault mech and assault roll. Just pointing that out. <laughs> yeah, what I'm Striker. most interested in would be, like, can you have your scout roll and then maybe some of your command rolls? Can you, like, double up on that? Can you scout and then direct people based on the information you're gathering? 
Or I is it really fully kid. branched? Well, I think it's one of those things that what are you going to focus on right away? Um, you know, when you, let's say you dive into the scout role and you basically, you, you knock it all out, you're maxed out. Okay, then you move on to the medium. The, the thing we don't know is, are those attributes that you just collected with the skills, do they also transfer to when you're in a medium heavy assault mech? And I wouldn't see why not, but we don't know. I mean, they just clearly haven't stated it, so... We can sit here and talk as, about as it. As far as these trees go right here that we're looking at, it, the way it's going to work is there's going to be a limited amount of points that you can apply to this, right? So if you want to be the best scout possible, then you're going to put all your points into that role. But if you want to go across, you know, spread them out, then you can do that and they'll all apply to whatever you're in, right? Well, but I would think that, you know, if you're able to spread them out, that, that really kind of starts to break down uh, uh, a little bit of this d division of labor. Um, you know, I, would, I would think that it would stay somewhat compartmentalized because um, even within some of the trees themselves, they, they seem a little bit uh, redundant. I mean, to me, I, I, I love the commander skills uh, functionality and assuming this is a hierarchy, you know, it, I don't see really what the major distinction is. Obviously, it's probably in the numbers, but between call predator drone and, and, and call artillery. Um, what's the difference but certainly things you know the information side the most exciting stuff to me there is like being able to bring in the uavs i i think that's one of the more interesting and innovative uh things to be implemented um but again is how much differentiation well, is going to be between a, a uav and satellite i think you'll be able to do all of the above in all one character and you're going to get the attributes because they've clearly said commander roles can be in assaults heavies lights and mediums well if that's well, the case but I'm not just talking. I'm not differentiating max. I mean, I, I, you know, I can see a mech having particular on-field technology like electronic countermeasures that might be isolated to a mech. But I don't see any, you know, need or anything here that would indicate that you know a particular skill tree would be limited to a, a mech type. No, right? it's not. That's what I was saying. Is yeah. it's not tied at all. So I think once you unlock it, affects everything. But you know, it's just can complete all three of these trees. Is that correct? No, I think you can. I think it'll just take an extremely long time. Okay, I thought it, my understanding from other MMOs is that you have a limited amount of points if you go to max level or whatever, and so therefore you can either complete one tree because that it would the... just that would narrow you down and you'd be you'd be horseshoed to one and right. you'd be stuck. No, it, it'll eventually. But that's normal, isn't it? I mean, and you know, look at, you know, uh, I, I don't really play any of these games, but isn't the idea like Star Wars Galaxy, you can head down the path to be a, a Jedi, but I mean, do you, can you be everything else too? Well, the no. uh, Matrix Online had a system where there were three basic trees. There was like a support role, a hacker role, which is sort of like a caster type thing, and then combat roles. And... You could drill down deeper into each tree, but you had a fixed amount of points with which to do it. So you exactly. could get like all gun skills and maybe like a few martial arts skills, but you couldn't have all your gun skills and all your martial arts skills and all your sports skills at the same time. And you that's the way I understand balance. this. So, so but, but, but an important thing of the Matrix thing is that you could remap those at any time from minute to minute if you wanted to. So it was a fixed class system but one that you could redefine yourself all right so we don't go down go down this path of speculating because we really don't know <laughs> let's move on and i'm gonna 
I know I'm gonna I'm gonna diverge you guys to the next thing. So again, that was uh, the role warfare and uh, the dev blog three and four. Um, check those out. Check the charts out. Again, you know, devs, if you're listening or others uh, that are in the know, maybe give some confirmation on that. I think I think there is some some valid uh, questions. Uh, definitely, we're all positive about it. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, again, medium max and heavies for the win. Can I and... just say one more thing before we move on? Yes. We have confirmed that Death from Above is going to be in the game. Okay. Yes. I'm very happy about that. Yes. That is awesome. We, we did. So. It was an option. <laughs> we're going to move on to interesting forum posts by the staff. And I uh, actually found one in particular that I'm going to read out loud that you may not have uh, read or heard about. And it was from Paul. And. Uh, Story time with Phil. Pink Thunder himself, and uh, yeah, this on Wednesday they labeled uh, this story time with Phil. So this was in regards to someone asking about uh, gameplay style, lumbering or rocketing. It's going to be like Gundam, and people were like, oh my gosh, you guys going to create this, blah, 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 blah. Paul comes in out of nowhere, smokes everything, and this is what he put. Let me I put it to love. you this way. Yeah, dim, dim, quiet. Let me put it to you this way. In today's playtest, I was in a heavy. As the scouts went ripping past me, I was making my way to the front lines. Then it happened. One of our scouts explodes from a full salvo being unloaded from an assault mech. I need to get up there. I can see the laser fire. I can see the wispy smoke trails in the far distance. Boom, another heavy ghost from our team goes down. And there's all kinds of yelling and anguish from across the room again i need to get up there i finally crest the hill and see two of our scout mechs engaged with an assault mech the one scout is almost dead i'm told i primary the assault that is attacking as the scout is backing away shooting only of its two of its four lasers i unload salvo upon salvo on the assault mech and it's still moving forward the assault takes some heavy damage as I see it turn toward me. The hobbling scout isn't much help at this point, but I take to the high ground and keep shooting everything I have at this assault. My AC-20 is now empty. There's the little hit there, AC-20 heavy. Hmm. No, that's an assault mine. No. I'm left with my lasers, and this assault is still coming at me. Instinctively, I run past the assault and quickly come to a full stop while turning 180 degrees. I start hammering the salt in the back with lasers and trying to stay close. I know he can't target me when I'm this close, but I'm still doing my best. I know he's about to die, but I'm not doing so well myself. I have to get distance, and I turn right now or I'm going to be toast. I get my distance. I fire the shot. I miss. I know I'm going to be toast now. And out of nowhere, that's when a large salvo of LRMs drop from the sky and I look past the wreckage of the assault to see a friendly assault cresting the hilltop and the small wounded scout standing there, giving him line of sight, targeting. It brings a tear to my eye. So I run off crying like a little girl. The end. And his conclusion is, this moment could not have been brought to you if we had super fast speedy movement like Transformers Gundam anime style mecha the first thing that I loved about this when I spotted it 
was the sense of I've been there. I, I you know, and that sense of oh shit. And the line of sight, it is funny because we've been playing Mega Mech so much. We use line of sight as well. You can spot your enemies and if your mechs can just throw indirect fire in and hopefully hit, you know, there's a percentage. Boom. It's it's the exact same thing. So I loved it. Um I really don't know what else to say other than I want to play this damn game and a kidney. Do a kidney? Is that is that acceptable? I mean, you know. Got two. You just made the marketing department's day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're a little used, you know, but, you know, it'll work. Um, our, our next uh, one is uh, by Paul again, and uh, it's about scale and perceived mass. And Brandon, you want to talk about this one? Yeah, certainly. Uh, so someone made a post. I don't have the thread currently up, so I'm not too sure who it was. So I, my apologi uh, apologies to the person who made that post. Uh, but they were asking about uh, basically the scales of the mech and how that will affect gameplay. And Paul simply responded uh, once more with a story uh, about how he was in an assault mech in the middle of a battle and one of the other devs was running around him in a small, I'm going to presume a Jenner, uh, but we know it's a light mech, he didn't say the name, uh, but he couldn't do anything about it because the light mech was so small and so close to him that his assault mech just couldn't do anything about it. So waist-high tracking uh, just sounds like you don't want to be caught with your pants down in assault with a whole bunch of lights running around you. It just it just doesn't work. I think you'll that feel this. That sounds like good times. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think you'll feel exactly how heavies and assaults feel when lights are bouncing around on them in, in the game, too, the tabletop. I mean, you let them into your rear arc, you are screwed. And, uh, you know, all it takes is one medium laser into a hunchback back to hit and knock out the AC-20, and you are useless, pretty much, other than we a hunchback. We've been there. We've been there. Our Alex, our Scottish guy, has been there. And then he passed out and almost died. But he lived. So let's move on to the next one we've got. Um, we've got Russ, and he basically says, um, there was a question about MWO, and are we going to see pictures? Are we going to get vids anytime soon? And he basically replied, GDC, my friends, during and after GDC, and much for you. Um, I mean, we've already stated uh, and I know people come in and they're just like, ah, oh, you know, when's it coming out? When are we going to get to see stuff? The community already knows for the most part. Once GDC goes live, we're going to see video. We're going to see play test or whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. As soon as that goes out, uh, NDA and stuff, I mean, I have a feeling it'll be sort of raised. They'll be able to talk more. And then we're just going to get a ton of cool stuff thrown at it's us. It's going to be game on. Woo-hoo. And hopefully, again, Darren. I wish I could be there, but hopefully Darren is going to be there. I'll put a rock in the door. We just got to figure out which door we're going to have propped open. Well, that, that, see, that's what we'll do, Darren. We'll, we'll just you, you talk to Nick. <laughs> Nick talks to his people. Our people talk to his people. We'll, we'll do, you know, Cut lunch. Cut scene, me being you know. dragged out the back of the building with two bodyguards. Hey, hey, no job too tough, no fee too high, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right, let's move on oh, to the next one. Oh, my God, I got to add one that, add that to our might ignore our signatures or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's uh, actually in the uh, the Mech Warrior handbook. Um, I think it's plastered on about 30 pages. 
Alright, so Paul says, someone asked about the skill tree. Basically, if I unlock a bunch of modules for one mech and then I go to another, do I have to unlock a new set? And he basically said, pilot points are non-exclusive. It doesn't matter what modules you've unlocked. Once you've unlocked them, they're always available to you. That being said, from what I've understood is certain modules or certain mechs may only have X amount of modules. So, you know, the mount you can have on a, a light mech may be completely different than a medium heavy or assault. Um, and then the types too, we don't know how that'll work. So, you know, just something, um, there was a post about, uh, from Russ and it was about, uh, someone asking about clan mechs, uh, and someone asked, are we likely to see the summoner now to all you inner sphere mech kids? And I guess I'm one of them now, uh, the Thor, uh, are we going to see the Thor and Russ's direct thing? He said, Hey, just to know. Uh, hey, just know that you have a summoner lover in the inside. If there is any clan mech, we will have it as a summoner. Uh, perfect brawler, fairly quick with jump jets, but enough of a punch as well. Can't wait. Centurion tied me over. Um, so there you have it directly from Russ. We, we, we know the clans will come out. So all of you clan... I mean, you can't leave out the summoner. I mean, that's like leaving your shoes at the door. I mean, it's like not it's putting on... a classic on... clan mech. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping we see more distinct uh, mechs we've never seen before or haven't seen since, like, MechWarrior 2. That's what I want. To get away from this, all we've seen is the same stuff since MechWarrior um, 3. It's almost the same. Mad cat. mad cat. Another yeah, Mad Timberwolf. Cat. You know they'll have Timberwolf. <laughs> so... I have to. That's, like, that's the first clan mech ever seen. It's so iconic. It's sort of a gimme. You just have to suck it up whether you love it or hate the mech. Just go... Yeah, we're gonna have a Timberwolf. <laughs> Just gotta accept it and move on. So I'm hoping, I'm actually really, really, really looking forward to the art redo of the Timberwolf. Because I have a feeling it's gonna look amazing. Phil, you're not looking forward to the Timberwolf at all, are you? I don't know, Stom out. I mean, I already have one in my garage. What you wanna... <laughs> That's what I tell women, you know? Hey, you That's see what my you name your motorcycle, probably. Yeah, it probably is. So... Um, one of our next one is Paul, and uh, it, it's actually a question about commanders. Um, and he basically goes into a sort of explanation that, and the gist of it is, command will fall upon those who do it right. It's a natural pecking order that rises after numerous bouts. I think what we'll see is... Uh, it, it's sort of like in EVE or any other game that you play so much, you're going to notice... Uh, people and skills and leadership and granted for us who will be on team speak three we won't be utilizing in-game voice or whatever at all sort of meh whatever we don't really care what they do but for the normal joe schmo and and maybe even the massive faction or whatever those who may not be um on ts3 i think they'll have to rely on and commanders stepping up and, and whatnot so all right, guys, we're going to move on to the community questions. Now, this is directly from you, the community, to us at NGNG. And, um, Darren, do you want to give this name a try? Because, I mean... The best I'm going to be able to do is Fiac Dub. Fiac Dub. We hope that's right. If it isn't, blame the hairy big guy. Um, and he asked about Battle Roms, and uh, could it help the community? Is it even possible? I fully endorse the use of seeing a match, whether it's, uh, I'd love a built-in option, 
but I will say it's probably not going to happen in release. Um, you got to think they'll focus on other stuff, but hell yeah. I mean, there, there's plenty of uh, just the information. If you're, if you, you could watch someone else's battle ROMs, study your enemy, study what they do, look who does what and whatnot. But also the role-playing aspects, community-made videos. I mean, you've got Red versus Blue. You've got, by the way, uh, Greg, did you watch Clear Skies 3? Yes, I did. Oh, just love it. Yep. Just love it. It's actually so, my favorite of, of all three of them, to be honest with you. I thought it was... Um, the Clear Skies thing, I, I appreciate what the guy did, and it's, it's incredible. Uh, any of you listeners that are remotely interested in just how good fan-generated content can be. Go check out Clear Skies. Just Google it. Um, but story-wise, I felt that it was the strongest. The characters were really on point. It tied everything together very well. And uh, was and every Clear Skies episode took a little liberties with the game, but this one seemed uh, to do it to the best artistic effect. So I think this third effort was the strongest by far, and I loved it. So, you know, you throw out that, the, the ability for community-made stuff. I mean, just like you said, the Clear Skies thing was awesome. I can't, I, we've never really been able to do, like, you know, I've never seen a mech video by fans that was like, oh, that's freaking awesome, you know, like, oh, my God. I, was, I think it would be really cool. Um, some workarounds until maybe that comes out, perhaps. Uh, but right now, you know, obviously, you know, we don't know if that'll be built in, but I fully hope devs listening, put this on your to-do list. I mean, I think it'd be freaking cool. So, Definitely. I mean, the technology's out there. Um, like I said, Wednesday, but we're not doing that. Uh, like I said, Wednesday, um, games such as like, uh, especially for consoles too, like imagine what you could do on a PC, but games like Halo and uh, the Call of Duty games, they have the, the theater modes and everything like that where you can go in, look at your last games and uh, save them if you want, want to so you can go back to them and watch what happened or do something like that. And I know for the most part, um, this could even help with uh, eSports. If you're looking at like games like StarCraft Two and um, other popular or like League of Legends and Dota 2 and stuff like that, a lot of eSports are becoming more and more popular. Um, so this could even help there with casting and uh, things of like that. Okay, let's roll into our next question. This is by uh, Dim yourself, and we sort of talked on the, about this, and so let's not stay too long on it. But you're basically asking the change from what you know the uh, the devlog said that commanders utilizing light, medium, heavy mechs compared to what we've read in the novels has always been. Oh, well, I shouldn't say always, right? Because for the most part, commanders, I think, have been in mediums and heavies. And then your grand, like, assault, your, your planetary engagements, you need a mech that had the dual cockpit assembly so you could have a comms guy with you, Cyclops, and there's a few other mechs as well. Um, so I don't think it's a, a huge deviation from Battle talk, uh, Battletech and... Uh, you know the novels but what i do see is i see this evolving and changing with every every match i mean especially the type of mechs you have the environment you know who you're up against i mean well, you guys and, and well and remember the novels i mean the, the part of the 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 lore of battletech is you know certainly assault mechs are the the ultimate 
ultimate and rare battlefield appearance. And of course, you know, your top level guys are going to be that in, you know, in the novel. Here in the game, I, I suspect to uh, placate and please the player base, you're going to see uh, assault mechs a, a little bit more than never. Um, so, you know, certainly important aspect of that. Especially if they can get blown the hell up by everyone. And that's another thing we don't know is, you know, the the the, the death penalty. Is there going to be one? Is your mech going to get blown up or monsters? I mean, we just don't know. We'll find out more. There's no need to beat that damn dead yeah. horse. Um, so I, I'm definitely interested to, to see what people do. I myself, I'm looking forward to it because... I'm a medium guy. That's uh, just how I roll. I well, mean, there's one aspect inches. to the command thing. You know. Psychologically, you know, if your commander steps into the battlefield, that should be a game changer. Um, and if your commander's in an assault mech, then it really will be. Especially if, well, in Battletech lore, again, assault mechs are rare. So you assume your commander is at least one of your best pilots, probably not the ace, but he's certainly pretty good to have lasted that long. So you got this really good pilot and an incredibly durable, powerful mech. When he descends into whatever area of the battle it is, it would turn the tide. That kind of thing. And that can really work for morale and storytelling quite well. I don't know how it will translate into the game. I suspect commanders will probably not be in mediums. I think heavies is probably as light as you're going to get with those. Just for a sheer division of labor reasons. We shall see, sir. That's my prediction. I'll see you in my shadow cat. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, you don't get that. All right, so let's move on to the next question, and it's Cyberwolf. And he basically asks, do you think we'll need leagues like uh, that were used in MechWarrior 4, MBT, MML, um, when MWO comes out? And he, you know, he asked, you know, is it because the most MMOs, they don't really have external leagues because there's no hosting by players and whatnot? I'm going to say, you know, and I've talked to Darren about this in length, is I don't think we'll need them because the whole point of those leagues was the game didn't provide that for them, right? It didn't provide the logistics, the planetary, the dynamic uh, atmosphere. Persistence. Yeah. It, it's MWO is built around that. I mean, from granted, it's going to evolve. It may not be the full-blown, you know, thing it can be at the very beginning, but... I don't really think there's a need for it, but that being said, they have stated that there will be information that comes out of game, RSS feeds and whatnot, so I'm sure someone with skills and know-how could set something up, but I mean, why not just have that built in and the player never has to leave the game, which therefore, wink wink devs, that means they'll play more, which means they may spend more, so stuff like Solaris, stuff like... Uh, you know, multi-stage battles, letting commanders go all the way down and, and choosing and picking the logistics. I mean, all of it. If you have an in-game for the players, there's no need for the players to outsource. Yeah, the bottom line is all these, uh, you know, logistics and, and planetary conquests and that these things like NBT have been created because there wasn't that in the game. Um, so I just agree. It's it's. There's no need. If there's a need, if something you know, if some need arises, I'm sure there's somebody smart enough out there to fill it, and that will see it. And the uh, devs will probably be supportive of that. You know, if it's not something that they're planning on putting in themselves. Pink Thunder will fulfill it. Yeah. And, and, I mean, and, and players like a little bit of of unique identity and autonomy. So you know, while they might not 
need to fit the niche of a league or something like that. Certainly people are going to do creative things to operate outside of the, the realm and control of, of the, the, the normal, normal stuff. Give them an inch. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> yeah, and there's no reason to try to contain the creativity of the players. Whatever they come up with will probably, in the long run, be for the overall benefit. But Absolutely. I, I do agree having the structure built into it saves people a lot of the trouble. You know, and I mean, it, it, we've had, uh, and I'll, I'll say it, the, the damn community's had so much put on their shoulders anyway because it's fell through in the past. Um, having that load taken off would be really, really nice. And, you know, So I'm sure the devs will come through and follow through with all that. So let's move on to our next one. And this is Crazy Ivan, a.k.a. Strudel. He's an also an ACE member, ACES. And I also uh, want to, uh, hey, Strudel, thank you, man. Yep, you already know for what, dude. Your hair, it's Strudel awesome. Strudel delivery. I mean, yes. what? Hmm? Everyone likes strudels. So, and he asked, um, and this is a, a this is a question I'd like to cover a little bit in depth, and it rolls into our next segment. And he asked, why do you think there is such buzz around about MWO, yet games like MWLL seem to having you know have such a small following and small active participation rate, even though you know it is an amazing game, and yet you know we we can't give it enough praise. And marketing and budget. You know, I mean, and I, I, I think it's one of those things that I would I would go out on a limb and say ninety percent of the forty some odd thousand on the forums have no idea even about MWLL. Yeah, um, I mean, I had to do some major. I mean, you know, you know me. I'm a huge BattleTech fan. I had to do crazy digging before I found MWL, and I found it way after it came out. Um, the bottom line is, you're you're this you're talking about the difference between a commercial release and a game mod. And uh, game mods are inherently, you know, more difficult to set up. Um, although I have to say, MWL is extremely uh, easy to set up now. Um, and I definitely suggest that if you haven't tried it, you know, if you're a fan of MWO and you can't wait for it to come out, awesome, me too. But try MWL. Um, you can get uh, Crisis uh, pretty inexpensive out there. Crisis you know, Wars. Crisis Wars. And Warhead, it's all the same like package yeah. on Steam. It's really cheap. Get it on Steam, get it on Amazon, um, and try this game. It's amazing. Best looking mech game I've played in a long time. Oh, by and far. It's really fun. I mean, uh, that's one thing. Some of you out there may have tried it and not really enjoyed it by yourself. Hop on this damn TS3. Hey, you want to play some MWL? I'll, I'll hop in there. I've had a ton of guys ask me, hey, you want to play some Mech 4? No. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, once you you know once you play this I I, I haven't played Mech Four since two thousand and like two when I went to court. Night and day difference. It, yeah, I'm not gonna go there. So MWL, check it out. And I will say it's had it's 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 had its difficulties and it did have issues in the past with the installer. It's all fleshed out now. It's nice. I know the devs. I talk with them you know almost on a daily basis. Uh, the things they're doing are amazing the things they've done it's an amazing game i'll hop in there and i guarantee you you're on ts3 with us you're gonna have fun and i think that's one of the the things that this community needs is if you haven't tried it give it a try it's a mixed arms game you have tanks you have air you have mechs you have elementals battle yeah battle armor it is fun all right uh hands down i mean especially when a group gets in there they're using ts3 to coordinate it's on like Donkey Kong. And that rolls in actually to our next subject, 
from King William Lear himself, um, I was able to get some information for MechWarrior Living Legends. So if you're a follower or if not, here's some information for you. First, they're hashing out the, the last sort of testing for their next release of MWL 5.5. Um, once they're done with this, and this may be done by now that we're recording, they will be going live with it. And let me tell you, what's coming out in February? The Epona. Yes, the Epona. Um, and it's a clan hover tank, 50 tons. And they're going to shoot for around February 20th, 24th area time frame. So get ready for that. Uh, it's a really really nice model by the way. I've seen it. Yes, and I throw that in these guys faces and they can't see it because well Yeah, it's, that's the benefits I have so so uh, for those who aren't familiar with the uh, Maybe familiar with only battle mechs and not really paid much attention to the tanks Why don't you spice the opponent up a little bit? What's it do? Why should people be scared? Well, the one thing about tanks that has never really been like in Mech 4 tanks, air dropships. I mean, you were able to solo a dropship. Yeah, right. If you uh, uh, these things are one, they're heavily armored. Instead of it being uh, front, back, rear, and it's spread out of over a large area like a mech would be, you've got 50 tons basically in a block of just armored shell i mean that's really what it comes down to uh just like modern day tanks uh you know the m1a one it's you know almost 70 tons fully loaded and armed you, you put it up into the same mass of a mech it's spread out a lot so um there's a ton of mechs there's anti-air or there's a ton of tanks there's anti-air tanks there's uh just um just try them out I like the partisan, my favorite, uh, with the ACs uh, and the racks and whatnot. There's a few others. There's the Hewitt, uh, which is just evil, especially with the arrow missiles on it. Um, check them out. They're fun. I'm I can't fly uh, in aerospace though, so don't even ask me. Actually, I've seen you fly them into the sides of mountains. Oh. I I loathe to even look. I I don't like them, and I'm a ground pounder, so. I like the idea. of I, I tried them a couple times with Living Legends. Could not get the hang of it. They're difficult, I, um, but the people who do get a get the hang of it, they're so annoying. Oh, Dude, I I'll be. I got I'll just be right out of the sky a couple times. <laughs> I'll be just like tra la la la, blowing shit up on the ground, and next thing you know, boom! I just get firebombed, and my fucking mech is like all critical, if not destroyed. If I was, yeah. if I had any damage, just like total like. Troll, ah, oh, you asshole. <laughs> All right, so one thing, uh, you know, we talked about, and Lear has mentioned, is they need more environmental assets. If you got the skills, the know-how, send in your application, MWL forms, uh, or you can email directly to Lear himself, and it's kinglearuk at mechlivinglegends.net, and that's K-I-N-G-L-E-E-R-U-K at mechlivinglegends.net. Um, check them out on the forums, uh, they're joining area. So some updates for you guys that are coming up. Uh, they're changing sort of their their ticket value for the, the team attrition and all that. Um, but here's the goodies for you guys. Two clan medium mechs are in queue. And the reason this is such a big deal is we've only had one clan medium, and that's been the Shadowcat. They've got the Bushwhacker. They've got the Holander. They've, I mean, they've got the Uzeel. They've got all these other mediums for IS. 
they don't have any for clan. Two of them coming up. One's almost done. The other is right behind on the queue. Another are, thing. Are you at liberty to drop names? I can't. I I don't even. Oh, I, here come the laser pointers again. Dots on your forehead. I I've seen them. And let me tell you. Uh, one what I've got some. I, I've got some personal investment in one. Uh, wink wink. Uh, but. I'm really excited because I'm going to be playing the shit out of them. I'm just going to go hop in just to play just because, you know, it's... Anyways. Yep, yep. Uh, and IS Heavy is in queue as well. And this is, uh, again, they all look dead sexy. Uh, the artists and the crew behind all this, uh, they're they just, they're, they're awesome. They're really nice guys. So let's move on to the next subject. So again, I guess to, to iterate, if you haven't tried it, haven't played it, do it. Get do it done. Do it now. Because Darren says, or else you'll get the big hairy. So, I'll get grumpy yeah. on you. Yeah, so. <laughs> as, as Phil recommended, um, I'm somebody who's come to it late. Uh, and my experiences have pretty much been going in solo. I do not recommend that. So hop on the TeamSpeak and um, buddy up with people. Uh, because that's what I need to do to actually really get involved and get over that barrier to entry. I'll give I'll give one pro tip. Don't Rambo. Don't charge. Play conservative. Don't be the one that's going time after time and rushing to your death. But Sit Leroy. Back, learn what what's that? I said, but Leroy. <laughs> Sit back and, and watch what the good players are doing and you'll get the hang of it eventually. It's it's worth putting the time in. Alright guys, let's move on. MechWarrior Tactical Command. No new news, but I will throw this out there. Um, the devs for Tactical Command have been a little bit active on the mechtech.net forums. You can go to mechtech.net and go to the mech, uh, Tactical Command um, forum part. And they've they've answered a few questions, but nothing like crazy, you know, like need to know uh, right now. But we will be following that if anything comes up. And obviously, as soon as stuff comes out. Um, now for I those. I've seen pretty things. You are evil, good sir. What do you know? I know a little bit. What do you what do you, what do you know? <laughs> well, well, um, we had some of our virtual world um, regulars and masters served as a part of the, uh, um, well, along with a bunch of mech tech guys at Gen Con two years ago, were a part of a focus group. Um, so we saw stuff back then, which they are somewhat allowed to talk about now because some of the NDAs were lifted. But I've seen some stuff recently that was. Well, can I ask you this? And I, if I put you in a corner, just tell me to screw off. I, we have stated that I think it's a a risk for them to just go for the iOS because I don't own an iOS. I'd love to play the game, but if it's just for an iPod, I mean, that's you know that's going to leave me out. An iPhone, sorry. I mean, do you think that's a, a risk, or do you foresee them branching out to the other platforms? Well, I, I think they stated on the MechTech forums, um, I believe it was, I think it was Edmund that posted that, you know, that their license is, is pretty specific uh, to the iPhone platform. I mean, these, this is not a new studio. These guys have done, have a considerable amount of work that they've done and, and products they've released. Um, they've, this, this project is over two years old and certainly two years ago, uh, it, to a lot of people, it would have been Android who? Um, so do, do I think it's a big risk? 
I, I really don't know. I mean, still, you know, all of the real revenue from, from software development really seems to still be on in, in the Apple ecosystem there, the iTunes ecosystem. So um, will they go to the other platform? Uh, I, I, like everybody, would love to see them expand the scope of their work, but um, is it practical? Mm. Okay, well. Yeah. I mean, my personal feeling on that is that... Um, any endeavor is going to be at risk, um, but to me, the BattleTech fan base is more represented in PCs and Androids than Macs and iPhones. Now, having said that, I wish them great success, but I am a little concerned that um, maybe they back themselves into a corner there. Well, and, you know, I mean, it throws me out. I can't play the game, and I'm, you know, a hardcore fan likewise. of Mac. Well, yeah. and, I, and I, th I think these are guys, you know, that, that have done the math. But, you know, they're looking at a worldwide audience. And if you looked at the worldwide, you know, uh, deployment of the singular Apple iPhone and, and iPad platform, I mean, the numbers are still staggering. And it's an opportunity to bring people into the Battletech universe that, you know, uh, you know may not otherwise have ever even known it existed. I mean, this, this is the beauty of, of spreading the franchise wider. Is you know it, it uh, you know the rising tide raises all ships to really favorite yeah. phrase of, of uh, Randall and you know I mean think how many people now are are, are playing Living Legends or, or or playing MWO that their first BattleTech game was uh, Mech Commander or I'm sorry not Mech Commander but Mech Assault I mean a lot of people came in from the Xbox Vector and uh, I'm just saying I can't play it. It yeah. sounds yeah, wrong, really okay? <laughs> what play it. is if, going wrong? If you were a real fan, you would buy an iPad or an iPhone <laughs> oh, oh, to be able uh, to play. Oh, I see it is. So, the let me... Is dropped. So, if yeah. you're not going to step up, then step back. I'm just saying, got to get my girlfriend to start, you know, making Okay, you know what I want for Christmas, Phil. I'm just saying, I'm not... Never mind. All right, so let's move on. Uh, let's let's talk real quick about Facebook again. Uh, we've been getting some heavy traffic uh, from our site, from Facebook. Uh, like it, Darren said, we're we're trying to do some advertisement for to get it out there, and we've actually had numbers roll in just from what Darren's been putting in time and effort and his money. And tell you know, yeah, tell your friends, give us a like, let us know what you know. You're enjoying it. I mean, we had one guy today said, "Hey, saw the ad you guys had on Facebook." It's the first time I've ever clicked one. I'm glad I did. I mean, and that was really cool because, you know, I was like, Darren, I don't want you doing this because I don't want you spending your own money. And he's like, trust me, Phil, I know what I'm doing. And so I was like, all right. <laughs> I all don't right. know if that's an exact quote, but yeah, it is. It's nice to see uh, the traffic increasing and all the uh, people that are appreciating this as much as we do. Awesome. Well, you know, again, I'd like to thank Alex. Actually, well, Alex... He, he'll be away for the next two weeks uh, so Darren will be stepping up and doing the editing um, but obviously Adam dude you've done an amazing job with the website everyone loves it the functionality the I'm just bravo uh, just thank you so much and he's continuing to you know bust his ass in the background fixing things here and there that pop up so and I do I want do to say it. we miss you Alex I especially miss you I'm going to miss you over the next 12 hours a lot I miss you being my buddy in BF3 because 
you're a good tank repair person, and we rape face when you. And all he does is compare me to you the entire time. So yeah, he needs you back, man. I'm just saying, you you can't replace a Scott and a weld tool. I mean, <laughs> whatever that means. <laughs> I don't know, but they it sounded good. So we appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, again, we apologize for the delay on this podcast. We'll make sure not to have that happen again. So. Uh, this has been your local No Guts, No Galaxy Mechware podcast. We hope you enjoyed tonight's show. This is Philip. This is Darren. This is Brandon, also known as Catrickel. Greg. And until next time, Mech Warriors. Jack 12, hold your 